I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean, TJ, and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation Podcast. What's up, Q's Nation? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Q's Nation Podcast. I am Sean alongside Joe this evening. Uh, we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. I got two games to go over with you. Post game for Notre Dame and the post game for Wake Forest. And we'll do a little pregame look ahead at Florida State, who got blown out tonight by Georgia Tech. Um, speaking of getting blown yeah. out, TJ's not here. He had a uh, <laughs> he had a uh, a Craigslist transaction that uh, sent him a little late. So um, it's just Joe. Gotta hate those. It's just Joe and I. So anyway, um, Notre Dame. Okay, a uh, eighteen point loss, and um, it probably could have been worse. Let's be honest. It could have. Uh, our. our <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Lydon, we we we've talked before about. I want Tyler Lydon. I want him. I want him somewhere in the twenties, at least scoring points. I mean, that really does help. Uh, Ty, he got there. He got there. He had twenty four. Tyus Battle did a great job with seventeen. Tyus Battle, um, you know, <laughs> he he did he did what he could to to hold it up, and we did we we scored points with three guys. Okay. We scored yeah. points with Leiden, Battle, and White. Um, Torian Thompson had, uh, let's see, Torian Thompson had Zilch. Zilch. And uh, Yellen, Goose Egg, Roberson, Goose Egg. <laughs> and yeah, and Daywan Coleman had five. Yeah. Um, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> and, uh, Frank Howard had four. So we had three guys um, that scored points, and it wasn't even just the offense. Uh, the defense was somewhat atrocious, um, allowing VJ Beecham, you know, this guy's going to score points, and you let him hit 30. I mean, eh, you know. Career high by ca- far. Career so. high. He went um, six for 10 from three and uh, 12 for 22 inside the arc. So, I mean, 
You know, yeah. you, you, you got one guy versus five guys, basically. So, yeah. oh, the other thing well, is, too, the uh, points off turnovers for um, Notre Dame was 16 compared to, I mean, well, compared to our 11, but still. Well, we both only had 11 turnovers, so. Yeah, well, but I guess that's good. The, well, no, that's true, but the um, the rebounds for Syracuse on the offensive boards were seven. Yep. And, uh, and 10 to them, and uh, they won 39 to 28 overall. I mean, they shot 49% to our 42 and 42% from three point line. I mean, like you said, BJ beats him every time he shot. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, and you, you just thought it was going in every time he shot the ball. And they. Yeah. 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 It was, it was tough. And, and to piggyback off what you were talking about, I mean, only three guys scored double digits, like the majority of our points, but only five, five guys scored total. Yeah, only not five too guys. many college teams you're going to see where only five guys. I mean, only put it this way: only five guys scored, and um, nine, two guys, nine of those points were um, bench points, and it was from two guys. Yeah, so, Howard played 30 minutes. Coleman played 23, which is kind of completely the opposite of what's been going on. So. Yeah, you got to wonder though you know, what coach was thinking, kind of like not keeping, you know. Well, I mean, Roberson, Roberson, why did Roberson only get 11 in. minutes? Right. Well, Thompson and Roberson both had foul trouble early. I mean, there were so many early shots. Like the first half when I was looking at it, like there was a couple layups. I think a Frank Howard layup, a, Ty, a Tyus Battle layup. Should have been in. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, some easy stuff battles dunk, at the rim. A Roberson right. dunk that missed. I mean, we had at least eight points in the first half that we should be able to get 99% of the time. And every time in the second half when I was looking at the score, I was looking at it as minus eight points and how close it actually would have been. And I do believe that there were some, some quick whistles there. But I, I hate – I'm not I'm not in the game to, to blame refs, so – I don't know. I think we caught a team that's experienced. They know how to how to move the ball, and um, we caught them off of a loss at home. I mean, that's pretty much just enough said. With, and then things didn't we'll, go our way, you know. We'll get into in a little bit, but we're catching a really, really hot Florida State team off an absolute, you know, <laughs> complete like debacle. Like, I mean, would they they yeah. oiled their hands up or something? I mean, it was a mess. Uh, so it was bad, and now it's deja vu a week later. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have to face another team that needs to redeem themselves, and they're gonna be playing hard, and they're gonna be playing in the dome. And as far as ACC play goes inside the dome, we've been that's it. <laughs> We're, under, yeah, we're yeah. undefeated well, in the we dome. We haven't won a game outside of the dome, so <laughs> yeah, ACC play or not. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a tough, tough game. There's no doubt about that. So, um, you know, what did Coach have to say about Notre Dame? I thought, you know, obviously Notre Dame's a tremendous basketball team. and I thought they played well. Beecham, we just couldn't get to him. Uh, we gave him too many looks. I thought we did a pretty good job on some of the other guys, but – um, you know, he's a, he's a tremendous shooter, and we just didn't get to him. And offensively, we just 
you know, we missed some shots we got to make to be in the game. But they're, they're a tremendous team. And that's it. That's that's all you had to say. You know, um, Notre Dame has really stepped it up this year. They've kind of been on the verge of being a really good team and a really good, you know, team within the ACC. And they they've kind of just been like right in the middle. And this year they finally broke through and they've finally uh, decided that um, they're going to play basketball. And we, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it comes with the experience, though. It, as we it, talked do, about it does. What do you got? What do you got for um, experience on Notre Dame? Well, I mean, the four guys that I talked about, uh, we talked about I mean, it last episode. Yeah, last episode. Yeah, Beecham. We talked about him. And obviously, I mean, 38 minutes and he did what he did. Uh, Farrell, Matt Farrell, the point guard there, 37 minutes and 15 points. 15 points, 9 assists. He's very efficient in getting into the lane and kicking out to open shooters. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's one of the keys as far as 2-3 tone. You can't allow point guards to to get in like that because that's what happens. You know, everyone, it's just attacks the ball and leaves open shooters. Um, Fonzie Colson, he was in foul trouble, so that's why he only had 24 minutes, but he still ended up with 14 points, 14 rebounds, had a really strong second half. And um, and Steve Astoria Astoria had 36 minutes. Um, He wasn't as efficient as everybody else, but still 11 points. Hit a couple big shots um, early when we were trying to make comebacks and stuff like that, so I mean, I think at the end of the day, they're going to have problems rebounding against the really good teams. But as far as their experience and them playing against the zone and moving the ball around and having the pieces in place, you know, the guy at the free throw line, the Colson that can shoot the the free or the the mid range jump shot, and Matt Farrell being able to bring the ball basically wherever he wants and pass it to the open person, and with Beecham having the game he had, I mean. A game like that, Notre Dame, they're not going to lose too many games if they play like that. So, 
I mean, rebounding and their size might be a factor when it comes to NCAA tournament. But as far as that, as far as I'm concerned, they're a top four ACC team easily. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Now, you mentioned rebounding. Okay, now with with the history of the 2-3 zone, um, where basically you don't have an assigned person to block out on rebounds, especially with this year with, you know, you've got two, the two grad transfers that just they're used to having an assigned player probably most of the time. And do you know, do you think that contributes to, you know, our lack of boards this, this, this season, especially on, well, both sides, but the, the defense definitely lacking with giving uh, other teams second chance points. Well, Beheim he talks about this all the time about two, three zone kind of giving up offensive rebounds as it goes. When you're, when you're playing man to man, you're assigned a guy, so you have to put the body on a guy when a shot goes up. 2-3 zone, a little bit different. You got guys moving throughout the whole court. You got to find guys. So when the shot goes up, you actually literally have to turn and find a guy. It's not as easy as just I'm guarding this guy. And 2-3 and zone is based on forcing teams to shoot out of shots. And with outside shots, comes long rebounds off of rims and – it's just one of those things where playing a 2-3 zone, if randomly just because of the defense, you are going to give up more offensive rebounds than than normal teams man-to-man. And this year, with the guys that you're talking about with the new faces, lack of experience, you know, it, it just it's more easily seen as a problem. Right, right. So according to your boy, KenPom.com, Yes, sir. Has um, um, the best Syracuse team ranked at 175th nationally from a defensive rebounding perspective, okay? And that was the 2014 yeah. team uh, with Grant, uh, by Musicata, uh Christmas, <laughs> Coleman, and Roberson, okay? 175th <laughs> on the defensive boards. So. Right. Um, which that's what I you mean. Know, it's in, 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 like it's I said, pretty obvious that we give up offensive rebounds. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you if in the past, in the past, like you know, from let's say thirteen, fourteenth, especially two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, especially, we've had uh, teams that could compensate for the lack of defensive rebounds with some scoring, okay? Um, right. With the, the, our ability on the offensive glass has been just way, be- way better. Plus, you know, we were able to turn the ball over more in the past. And Syracuse ranked 14th yeah. nationally in offensive rebounding in 2014. 14th nationally in offensive rebounding. Ninth nationally in offensive rebounding in 2013, okay? From... If you take the 2013 team and the 2014 team and you combine the records, we were 58 and 16. <laughs> yeah. So, in right mean, right re- now, rebound, rebounding creates possessions. It gets rid of second chance points. I mean, it's it's essential in the game, obviously. But when you look at it, like we've talked about, it all comes down to fresh faces and being able to build build players up. You know, I mean, look at some of the players in the past, the like Craig Forts, 
the buying musiquitas. Like when they were yeah, in the recruiting class, that. nobody jumped for joy. Like nobody knew about them. But the bottom line is, is when you have twelve scholarships available, you can get these type of players. Yeah, and and you can us, allow man. them to grow. And I mean, buying musiquita was not a big recruit, and he allowed. And not at the end of the day, he's effective though. A very effective, a guy like that who can stop the ball from getting in the basket low and can get rebounds, and that's what yeah. we're, that's the type of person we're, we're lacking. Missing, we're missing Only reason that, Torian definitely. Thompson's playing is because he can score. Yeah, and if he doesn't exactly. score, he's not going to play. And he hasn't started scoring until uh, recently. So really, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in ACC play, SU ranks ninth in offensive rebounding percentage and fifteenth in defensive rebounding. Okay, so um, the Orange right now rank fourteenth. Out of fifteen, in ACT in ACC teams in rebounding period, <laughs> for, if you take both, so yeah. um, and it's it's a lot of it's the defensive rebounding. You notice we've kind of harped on it a lot because uh, we talk a lot on the Cuse Nation podcast about giving um, the opposing team second chance points. I mean, we harp on it all the time. So oh yeah. Um, well, so it's partly because he doesn't have his. I mean, if you would ask him <laughs> compared to his last, I mean, I mean, we're looking at historic numbers right now, but I mean, he's this isn't the bottom line. I mean, Andrew White's a bona fide guard. I mean, if we didn't have Tyus yeah, Battle, no, Andrew he's... White would be right up there. So, I mean, yeah. I we don't have the natural pieces that we are used to. As far, I mean, look at the national championship team, Hakeem Warwick. Carmelo Anthony and Craig Ford. We are not even anywhere close to that right now. No. Not even anywhere close to that. No, 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 no. Not even. Um, well, you know, you know, we didn't think we were gonna do a whole lot last year either, and we made it to the final four, so we made some noise. And no, it's the beauty of college basketball, my friend. And I know, and that's <laughs> the beauty of getting in the tournament, and that's why we don't base our season on core numbers. Yeah, you have to do a few things that just get you in, and when you're in, then the magic can happen. Okay. Oh. And, and teams yeah. do it. There's a team or two every year that the magic happens, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing to watch, and we love it, it and that's really why we is. love Syracuse basketball too. So because well, they surprise us all the time. Basketball. Yeah. That's why I love college yeah, basketball. Exactly. There's but a if, lot of sports out there that don't allow you to college basketball. I mean, it's my one dad, of the best. It's better than college football, in my opinion. Well, college football, I mean, there's an arbitrary number. Get the six. Doesn't yeah, matter how you six, get there. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how how good or you know how good you get throughout the season. You could be bad. Like doesn't matter who example, you beat either. Perfect example this year: USC. USC lost a couple of early games. Why? Because they were young. They were growing as a team. Next thing you know, they're playing in the Rose Bowl. Yep. I mean, it's and it's one of those things where some people had them as one of the top five teams, but because of their early losses in the season, they couldn't make the playoff. They yeah, weren't even close. Yeah, well, that's that, – I mean, we're not going to get deep into college basketball here, but Alabama lost early games and they and before the playoff system and got, you know, the number they one may, seed. Yeah, one. <laughs> well, I mean, still, though, I mean, who was it, though? Do you remember? It was LSU. I mean, I don't really remember the, the I, I think it was that. LSU. Anyway, anyway. But I'm saying with college football, there's an arbitrary number. It doesn't matter how good you You're get. Right. College six. basketball He's six allows and you get a bowl you. game. Yeah, exactly. College basketball allows you to grow as a team. 
if you see a lot of these mid-major teams, they they schedule the toughest non-conference schedule. I mean, you look at their records after non-conference, and it looks pathetic. But what are they doing? They know that the only thing that matters is the tournament at the end of the year. That's right. So you in college basketball, you have all year to get to that point. And no matter what our record is, everyone makes the ACC tournament. And like you said, with Magic, Jerry McNamara, that one year in the Big East, and with us last year making the tournament and going to the Final Four, you get to a tournament, magic can happen. Yeah, so, that's right. So I don't count anybody out until we're mathematically out. So, And I'm with you, and it helped to get a, um, a, a five-point win over Wake Forest. Collins missed the turnaround. The orange off the defensive rebound. Get it to battle along the baseline. There's a path for him. He drives and lays it in. Gillen bounces three-point range to the near sideline for White. Sheds his defender. Let's it rip. Marries his first. Crawford back to Finiglu. Right elbow turnaround jumper. Woods missed badly on the far side. But Collins is right there to hold his ground by Andrew White. Orange in the front court trailing by five. White a pull-up triple try. That's good. Andrew White's red hot with three early threes. And it's a in a perimeter game right now for Syracuse. Or out of the game, John Collins back, jumper out front, Lydon is good. 12. One dribble, fires back to Wilbicken, slashing in the side of the zone, double pump shot, good against Daywan Coleman, who'd kind of gone up through the hands of Woods, a turnover, the Orange in transition, bounce pass is good for two. 61 all, the score balls kick by Battle defensively. They start the break. Battle on the run. Battle to the basket. Yes, and one. Battle reverse layup for the lead. Dorian Thompson with a great offensive rebound that time, too. Gillen, look away pass inside. Thompson, yes, and one. Thompson sealed his defender, took the handoff at the last moment. Gillen in the lane, back out to Leiden. Battle, now White wants three on the right. Big oh. time. Big shot for Andrew White. 35 seconds to go in the game outside Leiden. A big three again. Oh. He's got it one more time. It was perfect for Tyler Leiden. That will get the final half second off the clock. And the Orange see just how hard it is to win in the league, home or road. Uh, the cardiac cues is back, hopefully. Huh? Oh, huh? yeah. Huh? And yeah, that was that a was tough a game. That Great was a win. tough game. And our closest game to before Wake Forest this year was our loss against, um, was it UNC? No, it was Connecticut. UConn. Yeah. UConn. 50-52. to 52. And, and that was yep. the closest game we had before this game. But this game was much more exciting. Um, not just because we won. Not just because it was Jim Beheim's 997th win of his career. But because we came back to win. Because we were down. Um, you know, kind of late in the second half, too. We were down. So... And we, oh, yeah. we, we came back, we eventually took the lead, and once we took the lead, I don't think we ever gave it back up. Um, we had um, Torian Thompson was a standout. I, I mean, he had eight. He had 18 points, okay? He didn't, he didn't match Andrew <laughs> White's 27 points, but Torian Thompson, showing he can do it, um, the, the dude was all smiles, and it was great to see. Um, I mean... You know, you got to love those moments when uh, the players get excited. So here's a little bit from the players. Tyler, you guys were in a close game for the first time in a long time. What was it like to be in a tight battle like this down the stretch? Uh, it was a lot of fun, honestly. Uh, you know, guys were able to, to fight through it, play hard all the way, and uh, stay focused for 40 minutes, which we needed. 
to see the team really as a collective make those winning plays down the stretch, how good does that make you guys feel as a group? Uh, it feels great, you know, just to show that we're capable of doing it. Uh, you know, we just got to stay positive and, and do that from here on out and, and just come ready to play every day. Torian had a huge middle of the second half, I think, to get the offense going. What was working so well with Torian? Uh, just you know, running a basic uh, pick and pop, and, and, and he was rolling, and I, I just came out. Um, so they, it was it was hard. They, they uh, hard headed screen, so they had to either come on me or go on him. And a lot of times they were they were taking my shot away, so he was open. Yeah, for you, really, in the first half, maybe your shot wasn't there, but you end up with five assists, a career high. How much was your passing game working today? Uh, it, it was all right. I mean, I just was able to find open guys. Uh, defense was giving me and just play out of it. Dorian Thompson here, 18 points for you, and uh, most of that happened in the second half. What opened up for you personally in the second half? I got off to a slow start, and uh, Coach told me he gave me my last chance. I had to stop producing, so I didn't let that opportunity go. I think you had seven points early in the second half, so you, you earned your minutes out there. It's quite a battle inside. John Collins for them is a, a great player. What was that like on the defensive end dealing with him? Uh, it was great competing against him. Um, he's real skilled, he's real tough, and he, it was fun fighting for a position with him. This is the first close ACC game that you've been involved in. What was it like down the stretch here today? Uh, it was intense. Uh, these type of games I love, and um, I'm just glad we got that win. To see the guys make plays in the last four minutes of the game, make the right plays, what does that mean here going forward? Um, it shows what we're capable of in the future. I knew this is, I know we could do more. I know this is in our ceiling. We could keep getting better and better from this. We just have to keep building from it, and we'll be fine. Andrew White had a huge game, 27 points. When you see him hit those threes early, what, what does that mean about the night he's about to have? Oh, it was a huge relief. Like once he said, we know he's going to hit him. You know, when he hit that last one, when he was a little winded, that one really sealed, well, it helped seal it for us. That gave you the lead, I think, for good. And then Tyler hits the three that really oh, stretched yeah. it again. How, how big of a shot was that in the game? Those are some big shots. So is it down the stretch, you know. We got stops, and they hit threes, man. So that was real good. All right, Tori, in a, in a league game, an ACC game, this is the first time you've gotten to have the dome crowd really behind you late in the game. What, what did that do for you guys? They energized us, you know what I mean? Um, come on, chill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I energized us. We got stops, and um, yeah, it was just great. All right, there you have it. You hear that, dome dwellers? <laughs> Get loud. No. It energizes the team, man. They feed off of that. And the dome was, I mean, it wasn't the loudest I've seen it. We had, what, 22,262 there. Uh, I think the crowd was good. They got up on their feet when we started. You know, I just wish that crowd would be a little bit more... Um, antagonistic. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people there. I know they're far from the floor. I know they're kind of pushed back. It's kind of sprawled out. It's a huge area to fill up. Um, they definitely make the noise, but the players feed off of that stuff. And if you could be a little bit more antagonistic, it that goes a long way. So, uh, Torian Thompson with a great game, finally. I mean, he's a young player. I think we're having for, I mean, he ain't going nowhere anytime soon, okay? As far as I can <laughs> okay? Well, not if he keeps playing defense like this, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he had 18 points, which is great. Uh, Andrew Wright with 27, which is, I mean, phenomenal. He went 5 for 10 from behind the arc. And as a team, he went 9 for 23. So... Uh, that says a lot about Andrew White uh, as a team shooting for 39% and he shot 50% by himself. So um, second yeah. chance points, we were talking about the second chance points, you know, is 17. 
which sounds good until you look at Wake Forest second chance points off their offensive rebounds. They had 21. Yeah, and I believe that I, I want to say that 17 of them came in the first half. Uh, that Collins guy, John Collins, uh, he he alone had five offensive rebounds and five five putbacks <clears throat> for 10 points in the first half. So that's what kept it close. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, their three-point shooting is is what did it for him. But uh, like you said, the energy at the end of the game, I mean, Beheim, Beheim talked about it a lot, about um, being in close games. I mean, other than UConn, we haven't been in a close game. This is the first game that we won after leading yeah. – or actually, sorry, sorry, after trailing at halftime. Trailing, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so which says a lot. the I mean, effort at the end of the game yeah. – I mean, end of the game, the way that they did it, like you said, uh, we were, I think we took a 67-61 lead, and you were talking about you didn't know if they came back. They came back and actually took the lead 68-67 with under the four-minute mark. Okay, so it was late in the second half. I thought it it was. Yeah, no, it was late. It was late. We had a lead. It was a a rally, though, right? We were like eight points down. Right, and they came back. They made it a game. I mean, Ken Ken Pomeroy has Wake Forest even after the loss at thirty seventh. So good, yeah. they their efficiency. I mean, we beat a good team. As much as people don't want to, I mean, we had the same record, I believe. No, they're twelve and eight. We're we're twelve and eight, right? Yeah, we we will play them too in Wake Forest one more time. Oh yeah, yeah, one more time. But they are a good team. And they just didn't shoot good from three. If if they shoot their average from three point, then they probably beat us. But we yeah. got enough from Andrew White. He scored his thousandth point as a it oh, was a game right. coming in. I don't know how many points he needed, nineteen, twenty one, something like that. But he uh, he got thousand point score as a college it was basketball a foul player, shot, wasn't it? I think it was a foul shot. He went ten yeah. for ten from the free throw line, by the way, too. Free throw lines. Oh, yeah, that's last, another notable for sure. At the end of the game, I think we finished seven for eight from the free throw line to uh, to clear that out as well. So we still lost the rebounding battle, but it's still overall it's a good win to have a team close to us in what you would think was comparable to us this year. For uh, for Pomeroy to have him up at thirty seven, still he's got us at fifty eight. Yeah, we've been. He's kept us at fifty-eight for. It's probably going on two weeks now. I feel like, like I agree with what you said. How it's comparable. The the talent on each team is comparable, and he's got them at thirty-seven. We need we need a big win. Is it? Well, we need a road win. We need (laughs) need a road win. We do. We need a road win. Well, what did Coach have to say about Wake Forest? You know, we had a lot of trouble. Collins is really good inside. Um, you know, just offensive rebounds, second chances in the paint. I mean, he killed us in there. Our defense was really good the whole game. And uh, he's really good guy. He's got great hands and catches and finishes it down there. I thought we struggled offensively for most of the game. We finally opened it up a little bit and had Torian screen and roll and get down. And we got him some easy shots down there. He finished them. Um, I thought uh, the last play that we made, everybody touched the ball. It was just perfect ball movement. And Andrew got the open look and knocked it in. Um, I, I thought, you know, Tyler Lydon hit, hit a big three. 
we made some really good plays. We haven't been in close games. And uh, when you get in one for the first time, it's not that not always uh, that easy. And uh, they made really good plays, really good plays uh, when they had to. Uh, Wake Forest is a really good offensive basketball team. And uh, I, I thought our defense was, even though they scored a lot, our, I thought our defense was really good tonight. And our offense, we're still struggling a little bit to get everything together, but uh, it was obviously much better in the second half. And well, and he mentions um, Wake Forest points in the paint. They had 26, but we had 26 too, so it was kind of a wash. Uh, we went, um, we slipped a little bit in the in the um, free throw category, uh, shooting only 73%. After we've started ACC play, we've been up in the 80s. We were 22 for 30. And you know it it kind it did come down to free throws a little bit of it so that was important to hit those but uh, who was it Torian Thompson that missed like three in a row yeah he <laughs> yeah that made me a little nervous he missed two in a row on one of them well he he missed two and then he missed um, another one yeah he missed yeah. one and then made one so yeah I was a little nervous there too. Uh, there was a point where I think we went up by six, and I was like, all right, game over. Let's finish it. And then uh, they followed Torian Thompson. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, that's – Leiden, he, he hit a couple of big threes at the end, especially the last one, pretty much sealed the deal. But like what you said, five-point game. We score – we get five more points out, out of free throw line than them with similar uh, percentages shot. They shot 70 – what 74 we shot 73 and yeah well we almost they they shot yeah they shot 74 i mean it was tenths dude we're talking you know six oh tenths tenths yes but still it's five extra points no and we shot a better we shot a better percentage up from the three-point line yeah nine for 23 for 39 percent and and they were um yeah and leiden he only had 15, so he didn't live up to your 20-point standard this week. No, he didn't. But, uh, he didn't, but, um, but I mean, Thompson's Andrew White had 27 helped. points. So, Well, Thompson's 18 helped, and yeah. White had 27. He's... And Leiden, honestly, it's tough because my dad says the same thing. He should be shooting more of this and that. He thought he gave up a bunch of open shots. He, well, maybe not open, but shots he should have took. And sometimes people just – you know, I mean, I'm not comparing his game, his, his his skill to LeBron James. I'm comparing his game to it as far as he's going to make. He's the type of player that's going to make the right basketball play. So he's not going to take maybe a contested shot when he sees a teammate that's open. He's going to make the pass. He saw it a couple times. He had five assists. He had a couple good dump downs for dunks and layups for Roberson and, uh, and Torian Thompson. And um, I just think right now with the team that we have, it's like he's forced to try to be some some somebody that he's not, and sometimes that's kind of counterproductive. So, again, it comes down to a team effort. I mean, we want to see Leiden shoot and score twenty plus, but he's going to make the basketball play. If someone else is open, he's going to he's going to pass it. Well, he had a and, career high uh, five assists, right? Too. So, right, and that's basically my point is that you know everyone's looking for a superstar and someone that's going to go out and score 20, 30, 40 points and 
especially when the team is struggling to score. But if the team just came together, played defense, played with some effort, and, you know, God forbid, make the shots that they take when they're open, then everything would look a little bit better. You know, but because because we're struggling, we're looking for the best player on our team to start hucking it up like Kobe Bryant. So, Yeah, and that's, that's the thing, though, that he feels the pressure, and I think that's why he's hesitant. Well, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's necessary pressure as far as that. I mean, when you get to the NBA and you play against players that are really good, all surrounding you, like you want to make the best. But like people knock LeBron James all the time for not taking the last shot, but he's making the basketball. He's he's throwing it to another professional basketball player to make a wide open three. Right. Yeah. You exactly. know. So, and yeah. that's basically you know where we come. These kids are all getting scholarships and getting free education to make a damn basket. Yeah, play, play some damn basketball. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, they're getting their education, and we want to see basketball. And God forbid that Lydon passes to a wide open Gillen, expecting him to be able to make the shot. And Gillen it's was just, hot. Don't Gillen was hot for two games. It was our two back to back wins, and we got on the Gillen horse. And uh, the Gillen horse um, tripped, and we well, flying by the, off. By the him. way, by the way, Gillen finally made one. He finally took oh, it to the hole yeah. and made one. He did. <laughs> he did too. He did. He did. I saw him driving so. one time. I saw him driving one time. I'm like, no, slow motion. And he he did, he he passes it back out um, for a three, right? Yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. made it. He got an assist off of it. So yep. I was and his steal was his steal was pretty good in the past to Lydon. Yeah, they, yeah. When they were playing the full court, I was so. most impressed with the uh, the drive pass though. I think that was a good option too. It Keep was a great option. <laughs> He's got to look look for that a little bit more. This is probably his only option. Well, um, shit, the one the one he made, he was wide open. So if he missed yeah, that, then yeah. I would have been right on that train. Yeah. Dude, stop. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, hey, I'm driving that train. He he needs to be, <laughs> he needs to be at about he needs to be at about uh, 17, 17 to twenty. Three feet. I'll give him twenty-three feet. Okay, <laughs> well, so he needs to be around there. Now, if he wants to <laughs> dribble in and pass out, that's another thing. But that's what he should be doing. Exactly. Exactly. So good well, you win can't for the do Qs. It be out of control and get caught in the air and all that other crazy. Yeah, I mean, trying to draw a foul, dude. I don't know what he's trying to do, but um, a good win. To do too much. Leading into <laughs> another home game. Um, uh, which is going to be a tough home game um, with yeah. Syracuse coming off a win and Florida State coming off of a devastating loss. They just got shellacked by Georgia Tech, and they've got luck. something to prove. This is um, an, another away game for them. They got beat by Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech, and now they're coming to the Dome. Joe, what do you expect? Well, no, that like didn't you said, good. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we all know what the deal is. I mean, going into tonight, they were eighteen and two. Their losses were to Temple in North Carolina, and North Carolina. But before tonight, the last seven games, I mean, they beat Virginia, they beat Louisville, they beat Virginia Tech, they beat Duke. I mean, they beat everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they beat Notre Dame too. Um, but either way, it's it's funny. <laughs> I don't really, 
I don't really know what to think, to be perfectly honest with you. They are um, they're led by um, their best guys, uh, Jonathan Isaac, he's a freshman forward. He's in um, around the 13, 14 point, seven, eight rebound a game. Dwayne Bacon, he was a very highly touted recruit last year as a freshman. They were talking about him possibly going pro after last year. He stayed. Xavier Rathan Mays is another one. I mean, they got three main guys that average over double digits. He plays a lot of guys, Leonard Hamilton does. Um, pretty sure last game, I think they played 12 guys, something like that. And they got like 12 guys that average like three points a game. So they're deep. Um, they play tough. But it's a home game. And Leonard Hamilton tends to, uh, let's just say, underachieve with his talent. But this is one of the years that is surprising to me because back there's been a bunch of years where he's had top 10, top 20 recruiting classes, and he doesn't do nothing with it. They barely make the tournament. But, again, like we talked about. capitalize on it this year is what you're saying. Well, they're 18-3, and three, and they yeah. had a couple pro prospects come back. And, I'm, I mean, their top three scorers, it's two, I think it's, I don't know what Xavier Rathan Mays is, but I know Dwayne Bacon's a sophomore, and I know that John Isaac is a, is a freshman. And uh, they're definitely capitalizing on what they got going on. And they're not an easy out whatsoever. But we're... I think what we're undefeated in the ACC at home, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing that. we have going. There's for. that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, look, here's the thing: you heard Torian Thompson talking about the dome and him feeding off the noise and him feeding off of the energy in the dome. Now I may sound kind of like a hypocrite sitting in uh, the 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 studio here in Virginia Beach, but. The dome needs to make some noise. I mean, that's oh. it. That's the bottom line. You have to distract these guys, and you can't let you can't let a couple bad plays take you out. They got to be loud, and they got to bring it. And that's one thing. And I'm not knocking the the dome fans. I've been in the dome when it's been quiet, and it's not as quiet as it sounds on TV. Let's just put it that way. Okay. No. You know what I'm saying, Joe? I hundred uh, percent understand what you're saying. So when you hear it on TV, the, it's totally different. But when you hear it loud on TV, and you're a Syracuse fan, and you've been in the dome, and you know what it's like, that'll send chills up your spine because you know, and it's a good feeling. Oh, and it oh, does absolutely. the same thing to the players. And when the players feel that. I'm telling you, they feed off of it. Torian Thompson said it. It is imperative to to be out. It's the sixth man, let's say. Okay. So yeah. it's very I important. I mean, I I like I said, I just I moved on. I'm in Raleigh. Same thing. You know, I'm not there. I can't go, but I'll tell you, when I was there, between football and basketball, I was going to 15, 20 games a year. And that's awesome. And I mean I don't. I didn't have the money to. <laughs> to I know. That's what pay. I was gonna say. Who'd you mug? You know what I mean. Well, I'm saying. I mean, I I got a couple buddies who got season tickets. This, this, and that. But I was buying nosebleeds. And sorry to say, but that's where they got it wrong. Like everyone wants to talk about, oh, Dome can get 35, and we're battling for Kentucky, and every year for the amount of fans that we get. But realistically, that kind of hurts us in a way. 
A I'm little always, bit. Yeah, I'm that's always... what I said. Eighteen to twenty thousand. Condense it. So t- put it in a bowl. Why do you why do you think Duke's so loud? Yeah. They, what do they have? have a certain amount. They only have a certain amount. I mean, students got a damn they gotta camp out for days to get tickets. The I know. tickets are expensive as hell. Yeah. There's only so many seats, so you got the you have the diehards in there. Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of people, but they're full diehards. What is it, Syracuse, Joe? Is it eleven? I think it's eleven or twelve. It, yeah. it, when but when loud. you're in the dome, the the best fans pay for nosebleed seats up in the three hundred section. That's and true. Those those they are the people that are yelling. Yeah, that's very you know, true. I mean, you have a whole bunch of people. You have students. You know, lackadaisical students. Who yeah, they come in there all. Cheer only when they're on ESPN. Yeah. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll cheer when they're on ESPN and yeah, ESPN exactly. two and they're prime time. But when some it's on some random channel where you know that's just kind of like eh, going through the motions. Majority of the front row seats are all boosters and like owned by businesses corporate, and stuff like that. Corporate, so, yeah. right, exactly. So I mean, you got a bunch of fans, especially on the TV. It's pathetic. You it watch is. it on TV. You got so many fans sitting there, sitting on their hands. It's 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 awful. It shows a horrible depiction of the dome. To be perfectly it, honest it, with you, because when does. I sit in the three hundreds, when I sit in the three hundreds, the people. With the fans like you and me, yeah, we're loud. We're rowdy. We get it. I mean, I I can't tell you seventy five percent of the football games I leave, I have no voice. So, I mean, it gets rowdy up there. So, I think that the amount of people that can actually fit in there kind of hurt their basketball team, especially if they're not doing Joe, well. Joe, Joe, I love you. I've been saying this. I've been saying this for years. That. They need to get out of the dome. There needs to be another facility. They need to build a fishbowl, and it needs to hold no more than 18,000, which is plenty of plenty of room, plenty of people. Would, you can sell plenty would, of tickets. And it would it, sell out every game. It would sell out every game, and it would be the, – the volume would be – it would blow your freaking eardrums out. It would be so distracting – for an opposing team, it would be a huge advantage. And oh. they just won't do it because of they want the money. Well, yeah. They the want the money. part of it. So we're pulling. We've been pulling for most of these ACC games around 22000 So you take out – if you built an arena – now, I know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not acting like this is like some small feat, okay – but if, yeah, if you did, I know. But if you did, they've had plenty of time to plan this. Let's be honest. You no, know, Rome's not built in a day. Exactly. So, yeah. If you had a fishbowl, and you you had designated student sections, um, lengthwise on both sides, like Pitt does. Doesn't Pitt do that? Uh well, like I said, I know Duke does that. Okay, Duke. No, 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 no. You're right. Then it's not Pitt. It's Duke. Student sections student, lengthwise students are right on the floor on Duke. both sides of right the, court. the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do that. You have to do that, and you get eighteen thousand of them in there. It'll be, it'll be obnoxious, and that's what we want. Oh, well, that's what we need. And you can even double that with saying that. I mean, think about how big the dome is. I mean, you're powering up and getting getting a dome ready for a basketball game. I mean, if does you've ever really been, have to be, does it have to be that serious? Yeah, I, I mean, mean think ex- about exactly the money that if you drop it down to eighteen thousand, you're probably saving money because of the electric and everything that it, and the staff that it takes to run a whole dome compared to just a small coliseum. Yeah, because half of uh, the dome, or two thirds of the dome, is not even being used. 
that's yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah and that's the whole thing in Syracuse it's not even you go to Duke people are gearing up for the they're getting ready for the game they're thinking like me I go to a game I'm gonna cheer my ass off and guess what if they win I I leave that don't think and I'm a part of it you know oh, hell and, yeah, definitely. and that's how that's how fans have to feel you have to feel like you go there you cheer for your team and if they win you're a part of it but in Syracuse especially with basketball go that's a girls' night out. That's a that's a social that's a social event. Yeah. That's not uh, that's not a oh I'm getting ready to just go crazy and, and I, they don't care about the game. They go there because oh and that's the cool thing to do in Syracuse that night. And because well it's, there's nothing else to do in Syracuse. And there's nothing else to do when so many people can fit in the damn dome. No, I'm gonna buy a damn twenty five dollar ticket and get in and just mingle with people like that's really what it is <laughs> it's crazy no it's true because it ain't, it ain't that expensive and they can sell the tickets cheap at that point especially at the door during you know before the game so i mean oh yeah dude fuck that um the football season tickets for football up in the 300s 99 for six seven games that's you go good. try to get that anywhere else in the acc it's crazy you won't you will not, no. <laughs> well, it says something about the uh, quality of our football team, too. I mean, well, a little just bit. Just being yes. honest, you know. Yeah, it makes it so. Yeah, but if that's a forty dollars ticket, and we're good, I'm still buying it. Is the kid that's just going there to bring his girlfriend there because that's what's going on? Is he going to do that? Probably not. Yeah. Well, no, that's true. So, um, well, that was a good rant. I've been actually wanting to have that rant for a while. About the dome, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a must. Got to make noise in the dome, and everybody, everybody who's been there and then watched it on TV, knows the big difference from one to the other. So yes, the uh, the noise isn't transferred, nor is it transferred onto the court. So um, no, and it's not what it used to be. I mean, I I went to a Georgetown game when we're talking Allen Iverson and Alonzo Mourning. And that's a totally different ball game. I mean, I was 12, and I remember that like it was yesterday, compared to some of the games I've been to. What it should be, I don't know. It's we get a, we get a lot of people in our domes for for good players and stuff like that. But when it comes down to diehard fans, I wouldn't say that we're up there. <laughs> no, in 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 reducing it would would uh, fix that problem. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, hey. Got a game. What is that game? Saturday, this Saturday? Saturday at noon. At noon. All right. Yeah. So. Hey, and just a little uh, little tidbit as well uh, for all those people that are, you know, worried and, oh, this is the end of the world and this, this, and that. I know it might feel like that considering the last couple of years, but uh, last year, I mean, we were Final Four team, right? Yeah. And they were talking about us maybe not even making the tournament, right? Yeah, I mean, 10 seed. Well, Jen, do you know what our record was at one point? 12 and 8. 13 and 8. 13 and 8, really? At, at one at one point last year, our record was 13 and 8. And we still managed to salvage the season. Well, and so Joe, like you said we, though, we need a road win. We well, need we need a, a road, road win. win. The only difference is that last year we had non-conference wins. This year we don't. Which will hurt yeah. us when it, and that's probably what's killing us with Ken Palm, and it's probably what's going to kill us in our resume. And we need it, but at the same time, we're still not we're still not out of the race. Syracuse will pull out a big upset this year. 
Well, I'll tell. I mean, we've been we've been inconsistent, but there's probably not too many teams. There's probably a lot of teams. We've been that, very actually, Joe. We've been very consistent, us. though. We've been very consistent well, in the fact that it's been predictable. Yes, predictable in the fact that we know what needs to happen for us to win. I mean, we know that the turnover margin's got to be down. We know we can't give out a ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds, and we know that we got to be able to shoot. Yeah. But, but I mean, as far as being consistent, I mean, like being able to do what we can do as far as ceiling-wise, as far as when we're playing our best, can we play like that a whole game? And we haven't really shown that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Boston College at home, we beat them up pretty good, but it could have been worse, and the second half was kind of eh. Pittsburgh at home, same thing. I, I think that uh, when it comes down to it, it, like I said before, that's the beauty of college basketball. We have all season to to get better and to prove that we that we belong. And there's a lot of teams. There's I guarantee you, there's a lot of good teams that would rather play teams that look better than us. Like right now, Wake Forest with Ken Palm, 37, us 58. There's a lot of teams that would rather play. Wake Forest than us, so yeah, that's true. You can't count your you can't count your eggs. I mean, we're still mathematically in this. We're only one game away from where we were last year. We made the Final Four, so it comes down to just a turning point and whether or not we're going to be able to get that or not. And whether I mean, I think it just comes down to the players, the players reacting, the players reacting to what the coaches are trying to coach them. If they don't react well, I mean, it doesn't matter who you have in your team. If they don't react to the coaches, then there's going to be no, no, no upside. There's going to be no improvement. Yeah, and that was Torian so. Thompson saying he, you know, he reacted to coach saying you either go out there and score or you, uh, hey, put your keister on the bench. So yeah, yeah, and then and Beheim's old school man. He's he's all about that tough love. Ask Deion Waiters and <laughs> look where he is. Yeah, so, exactly. So I, I mean, you got to be able, every coach is going to do that. So you got to be able to fight through it and you got to be able to compete. And that's really what it is. I mean, the team doesn't get better unless you, I mean, you have to have competition and practice, not even against other teams practice. I mean, you can't be afraid. Practice. Practice. We talking about practice. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like it's, you got to be able to create that kind of environment. If you got players that they can't step up to this challenge and every time they get belittled or they get a little bit of tough love that's shut down, then yeah, yeah, you, you know, can't have a bunch of snowflakes out there. That's for sure. It might be, you know, it might just be a bad batch. You know, this is <laughs> with, with uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying like with, with the scholarship floss and taking the graduate transfers on, he had to deal with a little bit of roster management that he's never had to deal with, you know, trying to like, you know, telling players that, man, we're going to different different way you might need to transfer players last two years two people have transferred we've lost four yeah. players yeah through transfer so he's he's trying to roster management like it's like it's the nba and he's trying to fill like you said put bubble gum on a boat type you know and he's trying yeah. to fill holes plug in and, plug in the hole in the boat with uh, and he's not, some chewed but he's bubble not, gum. exactly but he's never had to do that so no, and he hasn't but he's gonna have to do he's got one and, more year doing it too by the way, <laughs> well, he does. He definitely does because, as it looks right now, it don't look like uh, any guard that we're recruiting is wanting to come to us. So, yeah, it's I wouldn't bad. be surprised if he told. I don't be if he told Battle in the off season to work on his ball handling. Yeah, go out and be a little uh, Benjay two point next year. Yeah. 
Well, all right. I guess um, we will probably be back again. My guess is next Wednesday, again, a week from today. We'll be recording on Wednesday. Most likely it's late um, recording this. Most likely this will be out Thursday morning. So look for the same thing again next week. Uh, Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. See you next time. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean, TJ, and Joe.